Welcome and hello to the Cloud English Podcast. I'm not sure if that's the order of words I wanted there, but I'll take it. It's good to have you here. Thank you for joining. Today we have a lot of things to talk about. We're going to be focusing on sports. We're going to be looking at expressions for sports or related to sports, from sports maybe I should say, that we use in everyday English. We're going to be exploring the rules of some specifically American sports that not a lot of people uh, in my audience in particular may know about, especially those living abroad. We'll talk a little bit about that. We'll be going into uh, some interesting new sports and we'll be talking about a few other things as well. And of course, I will be taking your questions. For those watching live, you're welcome to pop those questions in the Q&A. And if you're in the Discord, we have a Discord community, which you can join for free. If you're in there today and you want to pop in and share your thoughts on the topic or give an example based on the idioms we look at, you're welcome to do so. I'm talking about voice chat. So uh, just uh, give me a shout out if you'd like to participate in that. We'll see how that goes. A lot of people are shy about speaking, but I thought I would just at least open it up for those who would like to try. What else? The Black Friday sales have begun. Black Friday, the biggest sales of the year. That's right. So if you go to my Udemy page, that is, uh, that is in the links in the description, you'll see a bunch of links. Now, the reason you'll see a bunch of links, even though they're all the same coupon code, is that's all the individual courses that are on sale. Again, if you've thought, maybe I'll get Luke's courses, but they're kind of expensive, there is generally one time in the year where they do the big sales, and that's Black Friday. Now, I have a special discount coupon that I can give to you if you're interested in checking those courses out. The coupon code is Luke, L-U-K-E, Friday, F-R-I-D-A-Y. You need to put that in all caps when you go to the courses. So any of the courses you want to check out, you go to uh, my page. You can click on one of the links in the description and then to any of the others, or you can click on them individually in tabs if you want to check them all out. You can preview them. You can watch the first few lessons. That's a big, it's a cool thing about, about Udemy. And then put in L-U-K-E-F-R-I-D-A-Y. I'll show you what that looks like if you want to check it out. So here is my travel course, which is one of my newest courses, 12 hours of videos, 14 articles and resources, certificate of completion, and you can see the coupon code L-U-K-E-F-R-I-D-A-Y. Now, one thing I would ask is if, excuse me, excuse me, okay, I'm good. If you see the same price there, because Udemy is doing their sales, which is great. I'm running a sale at the same time. Put the coupon code in anyway, okay? 
you might get a slightly lower price. These are the best prices that I can offer. So even if you see a really low price, still put the coupon code in to buy it. That's actually very, very important. It also, by the way, tells Udemy, hey, this because they use this coupon, this came from Luke. Uh, so that's good that they 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 give me they like it they like me more if if you put the coupon code in <laughs> so we can see um, here's my profile right now we're standing at a hundred and fifty seven thousand students who have taken my courses that is an insane number isn't it and thirty six thousand seven hundred and ninety two people have left a review think about the last thing you bought on Amazon or online, how many reviews do they have? Like 12? So my courses, this course has 13,000 reviews, average score, 4.6 stars out of 5. This is my most popular course, by the way. Master Native English, Speaking, Grammar, Skills, and More, 15.5 total hours, 4.6 stars 4,438 reviews. This is my brand new course, Master English Writing, uh, Syntax, English Grammar, and more, 4.9 stars, only five reviews, but that's because it's brand new. 66 lectures, 9.5 hours, and they've already put that in the hot and new, very nice. But again, you'll see the low prices here. Again, still put the coupon code in, L-U-K-E-F-R-I-D-A-Y. Very, very important. Even if you see the lowest price already. I'm telling you, I, I it's important. <laughs> so we go to, for example, here's a perfect example. Uh, this is the lowest price they have here. Um, Master Native English, normal price, $124.99, 88% off. $14.99. We go to apply coupon and we get a box here and we write in L-U-K-E-F-R-I-D-A-Y and apply. What happens? Hey, Luke Friday applied and look, it went down a dollar. Now, I know that's not a lot, but every little bit counts. And again, that's giving me credit for, for, uh, for you checking out the course so that would that helps me out a lot as well so anyway check out the black friday sale i won't talk about it much more except for at the end i'll probably do another rant about it but um yeah get started learning now is the best time to grab courses that you can take for the rest of this year and into next year i've got courses on a lot of different topics so do check it out all right as I said, we're going to be talking about sports today, and I'm going to be opening up the voice channels as well as looking at your questions and answering as many questions as I can about sports. We have some people here already. Life Skills is here. Dimitri is here. Fantastic. Great to have you. Your student from Udemy, Life Skills says, hello, Luke, I'm your student from Udemy. Hey, Life Skills. Well, great to hear. If you if you want to check out more of the courses, now's the time to grab them. Udemy is doing the big sales today. The big sales. I think it's I believe it's for the next 7 days, I think. I think that's right. Uh, day 
they send out also emails to teachers to say, hey, you know, this is the big sale of the year. Make sure you got everything ready. Udemy, I'll be honest with you. Udemy, the company, um, they're fantastic. They're good people. They're very responsive to issues that come up. They really care about the teacher's experience on the platform. And I can't say that for all of the platforms out there. You know, teachers, some teachers have put courses in different places. Um, Udemy, they're really responsible. They really care about their students and their teachers. They, uh, I think they, they really do care about the quality of education. And I'm, I'm very proud to be, uh, to be a teacher on, on Udemy. They are fantastic. If you haven't checked them out in general, I mean, not even my courses, if you want to learn coding, if you want to learn how to play singing bowls, if you want to learn about yoga, if you want to learn English from other teachers, like a British teacher, Francis, he's got courses. Let's search. Let's let. OK, I said I wasn't going to say any more, but I'll just say one more thing quickly. <laughs> uh, there's also Francis, who I was in his live, he did his first live stream yesterday, and it was really good. So check out Last Minute English on YouTube, and also Udemy, go to Last Minute English, and there's our pal Francis, who has been on the podcast before, and I guess Advanced English Vocabulary, there you go. Also a big sale going on there. All right, anyway, enough of this, right? Enough, right? Enough, enough, enough. No more self-promotion. I hope I don't self-promote too much. I don't want to be one of those people who self-promotes too much. Okay, Magda, Magha, hello, Megha, Megha, hello, welcome, welcome. Uh, as I said, we're going to be talking about, our theme for today is sports. And I really want to get your examples so one thing I often do when we look at uh, idioms, phrases, is I will just rant for 10 to 15 minutes about the different uses of a phrasal verb or idiom. And I like to do that. But I, I want to see if you can come up with the examples that we talk about today, right? I want you the people who are watching this, I want you to pop in your examples. Now, if you're watching this later, if you're watching the replay, put them in the comments. That's fine. If you want to put them in the Discord channel, you can do that too. If you want to speak your examples, then you can join the Discord, and that's in the links in the description, and you can speak your examples. If not, put them in the chat and I would like to pop them up on screen and we can talk about them. Don't be shy. This is how you learn, right? And I will be here checking them for you live. Hey, Max Head is here. Fantastic. And Megha. I hope I'm saying that correctly. I really hope I'm saying that correctly. Okay. So we're going to pop over here to the old blackboard, as I sometimes do in my beautiful anime Japanese garden. I'd spend a lot of time here looking at the sky and drinking tea. This isn't tea, it's coffee, but whatever. 
and stuff. So here's an interesting thing about, about English in general. We get idioms from places, specific situations, and then we use them in completely unrelated situations. Now, one that we're not going to talk about is to throw your hat in the ring. <laughs> I'm talking about it, but we're not going to talk about it. Which means I'm willing to participate in this. I'm willing to compete with others, right? I want to join in this competition. Well, this comes from boxing. In a long time ago, when you wanted to be a competitor in the boxing ring, you would literally take your hat off and throw it in the ring. That would be putting your hat in the ring. The boxing ring. But now when we say, I'm going to put my hat in the ring, we're not thinking about boxing. We're thinking about the meaning, which is, I want to try, right? So I hope you can all put your hats in the ring in terms of coming up with your own examples for today's idioms, okay? And I, I'm going to be throwing them up on screen as well. All right. So we're going to start with... We're going to be jumping around between sports. I thought, should I organize them by sport? Nah, let's just jump around between between sports. Okay. The ball, I love this one, by the way, is in your court. The ball is in your court. Now, this one is tennis-related, tennis court, right? When you say the ball is in your court, what you're saying is now there's some kind of back and forth happening, maybe in terms of responsibilities. There's some kind of back and forth happening, maybe in terms of decision making, right? And when it's time for me to put that onto you, the responsibility or the decision, I might say, well, okay, now the ball is in your court, okay? It could be a major life decision or something a bit smaller. So I'll give you a quick example, and then I want to see if you can come up with an example too. Now, for this one, you can give me a situation where you would use it because this expression, this idiom, is kind of standalone. We wouldn't say the ball is in your court when it comes to, or in my opinion, the ball is in your court. It's just the ball is in your court, and sometimes we'll add now. The ball is in your court now, or now the ball is in your court. And it's kind of a, a more nuanced way of saying your turn, <laughs> but again, for bigger, for bigger decisions, okay? So here would be an example. Someone, uh, someone has maybe decided that they want to buy a car. And so they have to talk about this maybe with their spouse, husband or wife, right? Now, one person says, we need to get a car and this is our budget. I think this is how much we can spend on this, but I don't really care what we get, which brand. Uh, I don't really care. I don't really have many preferences. So 
the ball is in your court. So this is one person saying, this is what I think. This is my part of the responsibility of this decision, uh, deciding maybe or telling you that I think we should spend this much and that I think this is what we need in general. We need an SUV, okay. And I think our budget is about mm -hmm, pesos. But as to what we get, I don't know, the ball's in your court. The ball's in your court. So now you hand it over to the husband or wife and they say, ooh, I would like something silver. I think and this brand is nice. What, what about uh, this one has features? Okay, so that's up to you. You decide the ball is in your court, okay? So that is how it works. And Sergio's got an example already. This is, this is I think, a pretty good one here. I'm going to pop this up. I'm going to put it over here. As Sergio, if Sergio or Sergio says, I've answered that in email to a lawyer. So the ball is in his court now. Oh, I've answered that email to the lawyer. So the ball is in his court now. Beautiful example. Perfect example. Especially for something legal, right? The, the lawyers have asked you for some information, right? We need this thing from you uh, to support ev supporting evidence for this, blah, blah, blah. Three bullet points that you have to provide. Or maybe three, you have to answer something. Whatever it is, they need something from you. You answer it. You respond. You give it back to them. You email them back. They are now going to either make a decision, make a recommendation, do some important lawyery thing. And so you say, when someone says, oh, did you get back to the lawyer? You say, yeah, yeah, I, I, I've answered the email to the lawyer. So the ball is in his court now. Perfect. Perfect. No comments on that. Beautiful example. I switched on my internet and bumped into your live stream. I have just been doing an idiom crossword puzzle. The ball comes to the player. Okay, so if we're talking about sports idioms, that is not one I'm particularly familiar with. The ball comes to the player? Is that one, another another idiom? Or are we talking about a, a similar version of the same idiom? I, I haven't heard that that before. I mean, it's the way that it's used in daily life, it is not... Uh, it is not um, used to talk about sports. <laughs> it, it, the point is that it comes from sports, right? And we use it to talk about life. So the origin is not particularly important. We get it from sports, but we're not using it to talk about sports. No one says the ball is in his court now in terms of tennis, right? So now I'm going to open up the voice channel and if anyone wants to pop into the discord they are welcome to do so um, I need to quit and reopen okay one second I'm just gonna pop open the discord channel if anyone wants to give a spoken example uh, then they're welcome to do so all right okay and I think you guys will be able to hear uh, if I if I unmute. So if anyone wants to pop in the Discord and give a spoken example or ask a spoken question, you're welcome to do so. Just say hi, and I will unmute the voice chat. But you should be able to 
uh, you should be able to hear me over there on Discord. I ha I ha you know, you'll have to forgive me. I'm not super duper familiar with Discord, but I see someone in there. Aiko, is that correct? Aikeko? Aikeko? Hello? Yes. Yay. Hey. How's it hey, going? Look, fine. Thank you. I'm very excited because it's uh, my first time with your courses and I, I really, yes. Awesome. Did you think of a situation for, are, are you watching the, uh, the live stream? Yes. Okay. Were you, I, I, I no pressure, uh, because I'm going to be talking through these various expressions, no pressure, but were you able to think of a situation, uh, for the ball is in your court? I'm curious. Yes. Uh, in, uh, the scenario is, um, it's a conversation with my son and uh, I can uh, tell him, okay, uh, I will raise uh, your, your, mo your monthly pay on, in $200, uh, expecting uh, better grades. So the ball is in your court now. That is a great example. Uh, and I want to say your name, I want to say your name correctly. Is it? Keiko, can you tell me how to say it correctly? Yes, it is correct. Okay, so that's a great example. Now, I don't know if I'd say it as monthly pay. Uh, is it like he gets a your son gets bonuses for getting good grades like that, or he actually gets a salary from you? Uh, it's a an example of uh, something that in Spanish is called a a payment a payment means uh, a fixed amount of money that you that you give to your to your son or daughter okay all right got it that's that's actually a great word to bring up so this is called in english we would call it an allowance allowance okay yeah and we say specifically allowance because if you say we his pay it makes it feel like your son is is your employee or <laughs> it gives a wrong feeling I think we don't want to have. But if we say allowance, parents will often give their kids, okay, I'm going to give you $100 a week. You have to uh, clean your room. You have to get above a B in, in, your, in school. And if you get A's, I'm going to give you 200 bucks a week. Wow. Okay. Amazing. So that would be an allowance. Yeah. All right. Great example. Well, feel free to stick around. I'm going to be going over another one here. The next one is go to bat for someone. To go to bat for someone. Okay. We've gone from tennis. Now we're in baseball. For whatever reason, Maybe not for whatever reason. Baseball tends to be the the sport that gets the most idioms. I think because because baseball is is seen as these uh, the American pastime. It has a very long history in the United States. It it is still popular, but I would say it was it was the most popular sport. I think it's probably not the most popular sport anymore. Uh, I th I would guess that. 
probably f- American football is the most popular sport now. American football we'll talk about talk about later. So we get a lot of these idioms from uh, specifically from baseball. So baseball, if you know cricket, it's similar to cricket. Uh, uh, I still don't understand cricket, but so to go to bat for someone, the batter is the one who holds a big stick that, well, medium-sized stick, and someone throws a ball toward that person, they hit the ball and right in it. So your job is to be in a slightly pressured, dangerous situation. You could get hit with the ball. It's a lot of pressure because if you fail, people will judge you and criticize you. There's some risk or danger involved in going to bat, right? And that's the feeling we get. If you go to bat for someone, what it means is that you are generally willing to put yourself at possible risk in some way. I'm going to go to bat for you on this because I believe that your cause is right, right? To go to bat for someone means maybe your reputation could be damaged as a result, but maybe maybe you'll be criticized as a result. Maybe you have to do a lot of research or work to convince others. But essentially, I'm standing in front of you to protect you, to defend you, to do something for you, right? A simple example would be a, a teacher, maybe. So a teacher knows a student really well because they maybe they've taught the student for two years, right? And then the student gets in trouble. Maybe they get caught with uh, something that used to happen in my high school. Some kid would get caught with weed or something, marijuana, right? Gets in trouble. But then I remember this happened. The teacher said, no, I know that this kid is in trouble. If, if we involve the police, he's going to get in very big trouble. He could go to a juvenile detention, and it could completely ruin his life. This was a mistake. I know this kid. He's a smart kid. He, he just made a mistake. So in this case, the teacher is putting, them, the, the teacher is putting himself or herself, um, I can't remember now, in a possibly dangerous position to defend this kid from having their life ruined because they made a mistake, right? They did something ba- bad, bad, I put bad in quotes there, but the feeling there is that the teacher is doing something active, taking some action to protect them, right? So they're going to bat for them, right? That's generally how it, how it works. Um, maybe I'll supplement my examples. You guys can, if you think of examples, when have you gone to bat for someone or when has someone else gone to bat for you? Or can you think of any situations or examples where that would where that would work? And I'm going to pop over also to the free dictionary, my very favorite my very favorite dictionary for idioms and go to bat four and see what they have here. Luba has one for the previous. He is on the ball, another idiom with ball. Okay. That one is, I don't know if that one is sports related, maybe. I don't know the origin of on the ball, but that one could be a good one. I see that Stephanie is here. Hello, Stephanie. Welcome. Good to have you. So guys, if you can think of one example for, uh, one example for go to bat 
I would love to hear it. Uh, okay. And again, if you want to join uh, Keiko and, and give your example as a, a voice example, you're welcome to do so. Keiko, no pressure, but if you have one, feel free to share it. Let's see. Uh, on the free dictionary we get, go to bat, take side of, support, defend. For example, dad will always go to bat for his kids. To support, to support uh, or help someone, I tried to go to bat for Bill, but he said he didn't want any help. I heard them gossiping about Sally, so I went to bat for her. Okay, so people are gossiping about Sally. They're saying bad things about her. So here was Sally. Okay, someone wants to defend Sally, so they're going to bat for her. Since you know the recruiter, do you think you can go to bat for me? I really need this job. So that person is standing in uh, to to do something proactively to help. Right? And I think maybe it comes from in baseball when one player possibly gets injured and then because of their injury, uh, because they get injured, they have to have another player come in and play for them. So that person goes to bat for them in a way. Okay, Constantine, I sometimes go to bat for my students when they get too naughty and we are brought and, and are brought to the headmaster to, to get a dressing. Okay, I think that works. To go to bat for my students when they get too naughty and are brought to the headmaster. Yeah. So if you think if you think that they don't deserve to be punished, that would be, I think, a pretty good example. I tend, when I'm thinking of examples, I tend to try to think of my own life, times when something has happened to me or uh, I have done something that means the same thing, right? That, that can be a good way of looking at it, but of course, um, do it your own way. But I, I, I like to think of my own life and my own experiences, and that helps me find, find examples. Okay, any other examples if you want to pop them in? By the way, if you guys have questions about other things, you're welcome to ask. Uh, we're, not, we're not going to these going through these too strictly. So feel free to ask other questions as well. All right. Okay, we're gonna move ahead. We're gonna go on to the next ones. But as we go, if you have examples for the previous expressions or previous idioms, you're welcome to, uh, you're welcome to provide those too. Okay, Stephanie has an interesting question here. Stephanie, or it looks like uh, Blackpink, has has a question here. I think that's a good one. Um, go to bat can also mean I've got your back. That's a really good question. I would say it has the same broad meaning, but it's that the focus is different, right? Um, if if someone says, I've got your back, what that means is if something happens, I will protect you, right? So it's sort of like a constantly, 
I'm here for you if and when anything goes wrong. I've got your back. And I think that one is, that one is not a sports one. I think that one comes from the military, I believe, if if two soldiers are in a in a fight, maybe in and one person needs to run over there, the other person will look out for snipers and shoot them uh, to protect them, at, or something like that. I've got your back, I've got you covered, that sort of thing. Sort of like, I'm here to defend you. But it's a, it's a feeling of it being continuous, right? It's a continuous thing that I'm doing for you. I've got your back all the time. So your best friend always has your back. If you're criticized, if someone is gossiping about you, they say, hey, don't, don't talk about her like that. Hey, stop it, right? I've got her back. Go to bat for someone is usually an isolated, a specific situation that happens. And so it's a little different in that sense, right? That the kid got caught with weed. <laughs> okay, so the teacher went to bat for him. That thing that happened. Okay, so that's generally generally the difference. It's not that the teacher is always there for them at all times, just in that specific case. Okay, let's move on. That's a really good question. A very good question. Let's now go on to golf. Par for the course. Okay. Now, I don't know how much you know about golf. I like golf. I play golf. I just played golf last week. It's fun. I have a golf golf buddy and we play golf sometimes and it's nice. The way that golf works is, if you don't know, every single hole on an usually an 18-hole golf course Every single hole has what's called a par number. So if it's par three, that means here's 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 the hole. This is where you start, okay, and you hit the ball, boo, and you have to eventually get on this area here that's called the green, and then there's a hole in the green. You have to eventually hit the ball in the hole, okay. So if it's a par three, then it's one, two, Three, if you get it in in three shots, then you have made par. Pretty challenging, right? That's that's not easy. Sometimes if it's a longer hole, then it might be a par four. It might be a par five. There are no par twos. I, I've never seen a par six. It's generally three, four, and five. So if you add all of this up for every hole, let's say all of these, then there are 18 holes, then you have par for the course, the whole course you went through, 18 holes, you got, your average was par for all of them, or that's what it would be, that there's a specific number, maybe 82 or something, that is par for the course, okay? But then when we actually use it in daily life, we're kind of talking about, we're not talking about quite the same thing. Par for the course is generally used, and remember, for idioms, we're not necessarily talking about the literal sports-related meaning. We're talking about how it's used in daily life, and these are all very, very common. Par for the course generally means something is par for the course. That is what is expected. That is what is normal. 
that is, what you told me does not surprise me. Usually it's used when one person thinks, whoa, that's crazy. They hear something that surprises them. They hear something, they hear some kind of, uh, they find out some hidden secret about something or that some uh, thing is revealed that gives them a, a new perspective on, on life. And the other person who has maybe more life experience knows that that's just normal, right? That the person who said it is a little naive. And they say, well, that's just par for the course. So the first examples that come to my mind would be maybe something political, right? So in American politics, in order to become a senator or something like that, you have to have millions of dollars, millions of dollars to run your campaigns and pay for advertising and things like that, right? So if someone doesn't know that about American politics because that's not true in every country, then when they find out, wait a second, so they have to raise hundreds of millions of dollars in order to get elected? Yeah. <laughs> what? Couldn't that lead to issues like a conflict of interest? The people who gave them hundreds of million dollars might expect things from them if they get elected? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, in American politics, that's just par for the course. So usually it's to talk about something negative that has been normalized, right? A thing that's kind of surprising or different or unusual or negative that is now just, yeah, that's normal. That's There's nothing crazy about that because now that's the norm. That is par for the course, okay? So think of something like that and as we as we sort of go through these i want to see what the free dictionary has to say as well but pop in your examples too or questions about this one if you have them uh let's see that is par for the course par for the course let's see normal typical or to be expected and by the way, I'm not looking these up in advance. I'm communicating how I understand these, and hopefully the free dictionary matches my understanding. Otherwise, well, that's bad. Normal, typical, or to be expected, especially when something or a source of an uh, something is a source of annoyance or frustration. Uh, an allusion to golf, in which par is the number of strokes that it should take a player to get the ball into a particular hole on the golf course. Wow exactly what I said. Of course, we're not getting raises next year. That's just par for the course at this point. Okay, so someone is complaining about their company not providing raises. Yeah, well, the same as last year, same as the year before, par for the course, no raises. Maybe that's happening now because of the financial difficulties of companies. People are getting used to not getting raises, and before they would get maybe big raises every year. Our son has been having awful tantrums lately, but he's two years old, so that's par for the course. Two-year-olds are always like that. Two-year-olds are always noisy and screaming, right? It's par for the course. So it would, if you had a very calm, quiet, little meditating two-year-old, that would not be par for the course. That's why they call them the terrible twos, I believe. <laughs> the terrible twos. I don't know if you've heard of that before. Okay, 
So we've got an example here from Sergio. In fact, I gave her the commands, but she forgot. Par for the course. <laughs> okay, so maybe there we would say instructions instead of commands. I gave her the instructions, but she forgot. Par for the course. So what that means is she is not, it's not surprising that she is not remembering things. Maybe she's kind of known for having a bad memory. She's not, she's good at forgetting things. That would be me in the case of my relationship, but uh, that's a really good example. Yeah. Luke forgot his keys again, but that's par for the course. I recently purchased a an AirTag, one of those Apple AirTags, and it's been really useful. So when you, I can't find my keys, I turn that thing on and it has an arrow which just points me directly to the AirTag. It's amazing. It's amazing. That's an idiom. What comes in my mind is bribery. Okay. Okay. Yeah, absolutely, Stephanie. It could be bribery. Um, uh, if bribery is a, is a status quo, right? I, I think maybe another way to say this would be a... Um, maybe let's call it a negative status quo. Status quo is just, this, that's the norm. That's what's typical, right? A negative status quo is we've adapted to a negative status quo. And usually when we say it, we're kind of rolling our eyes, oh, par for the course. Bribery, you know, you can just pay for what you want. So that's that's par for the course. That's the status quo. Yeah, good. Good example, Stephanie. And good example, Sergio. Uh, Keko, just checking in. If, if you want to add an example, uh, you're welcome to, but no pressure, of course. Kyria, hello. Welcome. We're just going through some sports idioms. Those just joining, welcome, welcome. We're talking today about sports. We're going we're, we're gonna to take our time going through some common idioms. We're doing it a little differently instead of me just ranting for a long time. I want to explore them together. I want to look at your examples, right? So, uh, so pop those in. So far, we've talked about the ball is in your court. We've talked about par for the course. And we've talked about going to bat for someone. Okay, now we're going to pop back into baseball references. We've gone, we've talked about tennis, golf, and baseball. And we have another baseball example and this is this is really common really common a ballpark guess and sometimes it's an estimate a ballpark guess a ballpark estimate and sometimes ballpark is used as a verb and we say things like this, um, ballpark it. Ballpark it. Okay. Well, a ballpark is the... If you think... Some, you ever think about words and the more that you think about them, you it starts 
the word starts to feel weird. You never thought of, you never really thought about it before, and then you start thinking about it, and it suddenly just gets really weird in your mind. <laughs> you start thinking, that's what it's called? That's so strange. I remember I have a, I have a vivid memory from childhood. Uh, I was probably seven years old. I flushed the toilet after going to the, to the bathroom, and then I started looking at the toilet handle, flushing handle, and it just couldn't stop looking at it. I looked at it for probably 20 minutes. I was just staring at it, thinking, that thing is so weird. <laughs> and the more I looked at it, the more bizarre the toilet handle became. And uh, then I was checked into a mental institution, and I'm still there. That's why I have the green screen behind me. Behind that is just it's just a big white padded room. I'm in a, a special place uh, ever since the toilet handle incident. But ballpark is a place where people play baseball, <laughs> which again is weird. You can call it the more general word, which is a stadium, baseball stadium. Uh, but ballpark is still is still used. Okay, so this is the place where people play baseball. A ballpark guess. Well, think about how big it is, right? If the if your guess is inside of the ballpark, then is it near what is exactly accurately perfectly correct? No, not necessarily. It could be pretty far away, but it's kind of generally in the area. So when we want to give a very broad guess without a lot of data to support it, without a lot of backup information, we just want to give a very general guess about something, we often say, let me give you a, a ballpark guess, okay? Maybe that's before we do research. Maybe that's before we need to give a specific number, right? An estimate would be when we're giving things like prices. If you have clients that you're dealing with and they want numbers from you, but you don't have, you haven't done all of the, the diligence and the work to get those numbers, then what you're providing is a ballpark guess, right? Or you could ask them for a ballpark estimate for work that needs to be done, for example, uh, whatever it may be. It's often related to numbers, but it doesn't have to be. It could be, um, it could be just generally what we think is going to happen. Usually it's, in, it's, it's related to when I don't have enough information to give you the exact answer, so I'm going to give you the closest thing I have. And ballpark it as a verb would be to tell someone to make a guess. Well, just ballpark it. Okay, I would say, I would say we'll probably have at least 30 people showing up at the event. I ballparked it, right? That's how many people I would guess will be there. Maybe a local band is playing at a small venue and someone... The venue wants to, me to tell them how many people are going to be there. I'm the band's manager, so I say, well, I don't know. Who knows? Uh, well, then they say, well, just ballpark it. Uh, okay, I would say around 30. Or I could say in the ballpark of 30. So that's one way to phrase it, in the ballpark of 30. Somewhere, sometimes we add somewhere. Somewhere in the ballpark of 30, maybe 40, okay? So try your own example here. 
what what would you need to ask others to give you a ballpark estimate about? Have you ever had to do this before? Have you ever had to give a ballpark estimate or guess? How tall is Mount Everest? Somewhere in the ballpark of uh, 17,000 feet. So I don't know the answer. That's my general guess. I don't know specifically how tall Mount Everest is, but I'm ballparking it. I'm ballparking, I-N-G, it. Okay? Very interesting expression. And if you're wondering, is it actually common? Do people actually use it? Absolutely. I'm not telling you things that are not very common. Okay? Everything that I share with you today, and you can assume any time, is going to be very common. Okay? Ballpark estimate ballpark figure okay that's one also that i would add ballpark figure is pretty common too okay ballpark estimate and approximate estimate there we go mary contacted several plumbers to get a ballpark estimate of the cost to fix her leaky toilet sorry to hear she has a leaky toilet but there you go there you go maybe that should be under dictionary Ballpark estimate? Um, no, not available. Check dictionary. Okay. Okay. Ballpark figure. Let's see if we get a different one. Uh, an approximate number, an estimate. Do you have a ballpark figure for the cost of renovations? That's just a ballpark figure. Figure means number here. They don't know exactly how many people will be attending the event. Well, that is eerily, creepily similar to my example of the venue. I swear to you, I did not look at this in advance. Uh, everything I'm talking about today, I'm giving my general gut sense for the meaning. That, that, that example is way too close to mine. I wonder if the free dictionary is copying me live. Free dictionary people, reach out. Let's talk. We need to talk. I'll give you a ballpark estimate for sponsoring me. All right. Okay, so let's see Let's see if you guys have examples. I'd like to see them. If so, Alejandro is here. Hallelujah. Hello, everyone. Hello, Alejandro. Welcome. Uh, okay. How many people will show up to the party somewhere between the ballpark of 30 or 40? Okay. I like that, that you brought this up, uh, uh, Stephanie because it highlights something. I, you, you're very close, but I just want to mention something here, okay? I just want to mention something very, very quickly. Oh, I need to make this. I need to make this a little bigger. My blackboard eraser. Wouldn't it be cool if my blackboard eraser were not a circle, but actually looked like an eraser? Sort of a bla an actual blackboard eraser. That would be really cool. I'm going to see if I can figure that out. Uh, we have been going live, Alejandro, for nine hours. You've missed a lot. Shame on you, sir. And by the way, Alejandro, we are also in the voice channel on Discord. So if you want to pop examples in via voice, you're welcome to join the Discord voice channel. Um, and... Keiko, I see you in the voice channel. If you wouldn't mind, uh, I'm happy to um, take your examples, but just hit mute on your microphone when you're not speaking because there's some rustling around there. But if you want to pop in an example, just unmute and just start speaking, and I, I'm here for it, all right? 
Thank you, sir. But if you have any examples, please just unmute and just say your examples. I want to hear them. Appears in the in the chat as Sergio Malim. Oh, you're oh you're Sergio. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> well, that's so, confusing. <laughs> so I I put my my example for okay. the. Um, park yeah. well, I didn't know that sir yeah well you should have said it in voice I want to hear your examples is that well done well done your uh, yeah your example your examples have all been great <laughs> thank you awesome all right so uh, to Stephanie's question here uh, okay the word between here is the issue the word that's the issue here is the word between. And the problem is, how do we use between for a ballpark, right? If you would say between without the word ballpark, then you've given a perfect example. So uh, a perfect example, somewhere, somewhere between, somewhere between 30 and 40. So if you wouldn't mind, uh, uh, Sergio, if you could click the mute button on the voice channel when you're not speaking, that'd be awesome. It's making some rustling noises. All right. Um, yeah, you can just hit, hit mute in the Discord. Awesome. Uh, if you say this, that gives us a range. And between is a beautiful way to talk about ranges. It starts here. And it's somewhere in here and this is 30 and this is 40 perfect right but ballpark is a little different than between because between means it's not less than 30 and it's not more than 40 but i think it's generally in this area here it could be maybe a couple more or less than 40 but i'm pretty sure right when we use ballpark we don't use between because they kind of serve the same function and it is a really good example because you kind of used both of them there. And I would say, go with one or the other. So if you say somewhere in the ballpark without between, somewhere in the ballpark of 30 or 40, beautiful, that's perfect. Or somewhere between 30 and 40. So the only difference there is the ballpark of 30 or 40, the ballpark of 30 or 40, and somewhere between 30 and 40 okay between 30 and 40 ballpark of 30 or 40 and don't ask me why <laughs> don't ask me why because i don't know why <laughs> sometimes sometimes you just have to accept it all right Okay. Jump the gun is something from sports. You know what? It's not in my list, Luba, but I think it's a great example. So why don't we talk about that one? This is absolutely a great one. So Luba brings up a common idiom from sports. I didn't have that one prepared, but I think it's a perfect one. And it's really useful. And again, it's one of those things that 
we don't really think about the original meaning when we say it. We use it in everyday life all the time, though. <clears throat> so, in sprinting, the sport, sprinting, uh, running, right? Usain Bolt, the Olympics. You see people at a starting line, their hands right on the line, right? They get ready, they have their feet on those those little, what are those things called? Those little foot, foot things? <laughs> I don't know what they're called. And then someone says, ready, set. And then they shoot a gun. Now, it used to be, in the old days, an actual gun with blanks. Now, <clears throat> now they have a special gun that they use. So, we need to understand the gun equals go. When you hear the sound of the gun, then it's time to run. Run when you hear the gun. The gun means time to run. So, when we jump the gun in sprinting, jump the gun, that means that we go before the gun. So you jump before you hear the gun. In that case, in sprinting, you can get disqualified if you jump the gun. I think that happened to Usain Bolt in a very big race at some point in the past. He jumped the gun. I think you have to do it twice, if I, if I understand correctly. I think he got disqualified. So if you jump the gun twice, you're out, right? And you can't race, okay? The important thing, though, is how do we use this in daily life? How do we actually use jump the gun? And it's similar. It's when you do something before you should have done it. And as a result, you have to then deal with some negative consequences. Or at least there's a risk that you will have to deal with some negative consequences, right? So let's say, for example, <laughs> let's say you have been investing in crypto <laughs> and your whatever you're invested in is worth $300,000. So you're very excited and you don't want to take it out, right? You want to keep it in there right? But you go ahead, because you have crypto worth $300,000, you go ahead and you buy yourself something really nice, right? Maybe a, maybe a Range Rover. So you spend 100000 on a Range Rover. Very nice. But then something happens called 2022 <laughs> and your coin your crypto crashes way down down to 20,000 wow so now you purchase something or you got a car loan right assuming that you could easily just take out what you need and pay it you you assume what you have is you know your assets in your crypto but now it's different because it has crashed you have jumped the gun in some way by doing something prematurely, maybe what you should have done is take out that amount or you should have maybe, uh, I don't know, you should have done it more responsibly. You acted too soon. You did something irresponsible too quickly. Now, that's a fairly big example, but we could simplify it. We could make it very simple, right? 
if you jump the gun, maybe you tell somebody something before you know the result, right? Okay. Well, what would that be? Let's say, for example, you find out that, uh, or let maybe let's let's say it like this: jumping the gun for something something life related. Okay, <clears throat> you find out that your friend, your best friend, is pregnant, right? And they say, "Don't tell anyone. I just tested positive. I want to wait a while. I want to wait maybe." two months to, to, to make the announcement. But you jump the gun and you spread the rumor around, right? My, she's, she, got, she got pregnant. So then you jumped the gun because that person didn't want you to spread that news, right? They wanted to maybe wait because, you know, things can happen early on in a pregnancy, right? So your friend is jumping the gun. And if they announced it too early, they might be jumping the gun, for example, if something happens, as it can, right? So that would be an example of a sort of very personal thing, a very simple thing, where someone has acted too rashly. In work, maybe email-related. You sent out an email announcing something too quickly before a final decision was made. You think, okay, we're all decided on this, right? We're going to be launching this Thursday, right? 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 Yes? Right? Yes? Okay, everyone, good. But we, okay, we're waiting for our boss, our boss, our boss will be giving a final decision, but we're 99% sure she will approve it. So I send out an email announcing it. Everyone, guess what? We're finally, we're doing it. Then the boss says, hold on, I didn't say, I didn't announce anything, right? Uh, you jumped the gun. You jumped the gun. You could say the, the Elon Musk thing with Twitter maybe uh, banning people for impersonation so quickly when he had just purchased Twitter, maybe jumping the gun a little bit there. So jumping the gun, jump the gun, it's really common. You can use it in so many different situations. And I really like that Luba brought that up. Let's see if we have some examples here. And again, if you want to pop in the voice chat, I know it's scary, but you're welcome to do that if you have an example to share. I'm seeing that ballpark has various uses, excuse me, as an idiom. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Jump the gun. Yeah, I guess it's about the starter's pistol, which is absolutely right. They call those things starting blocks. Right. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, I need to drink more coffee. I knew that, but I had forgotten. Starting blocks. Thank you. Yes. Sergio says... I made a great mistake. I jumped the gun and told him my price, but later I knew he was thinking to offer me a higher one. Yeah, that would be a good one. I jumped the gun and said, yeah, I want 5000 And then later you find out that he was going to offer you 7000 Oops, you should have waited for his offer rather than giving your number. That's a great example, jumping the gun. Stephanie says... The usual saying of these cases uh, go, don't tell mom, uh, the pregnant lady case, don't tell mom. Ah, the usual saying is don't tell mom. Why don't tell mom? Or you mean maybe like an unwanted, uh, an unwanted pregnancy? I'm not sure what you mean there, Stephanie, um, but okay. 
And Constantine says, I jumped the gun telling my friend I was going to get a well-paid job, but alas, I jinxed it. That's a beautiful example. Uh, I mean, unfortunate, but a perfect example. Uh, uh, you've been through six interviews. The last interview is just a formality. They just want to get some details and get your... Uh, get your expected pay rate. Okay, all right. So you tell everyone, hey, I got a really great job. But then in that final email, or that final interview, rather, not email, you say a number that they can't deal with. It leads to some negotiations back and forth. They go with another candidate. You jumped the gun. Great example. And jinxing it is sort of like, because I told everyone, that's in some way, according to the karma of the universe, the cause of me not getting the position. I should have kept my mouth shut. How do I use the word touchdown in a daily conversation? What does it refer to? I didn't have that one either, but this is another one that brings us to football. So maybe we can get to that. So the word touchdown in the sport of football, and when I say football, what I actually mean is American football. What, what most people in the world call football is what Americans tend to call soccer. Soccer. Is E-R or A-R? <laughs> soccer. Why do, I'm, I'm, I'm having a tough time today, friends. Soccer. Soccer. Okay, I'm right. Okay, good. Whew. Uh, soccer is what most people in the world call football. What we call football is actually what most people in the world either call gridiron or American football. Thank you, Stephanie. <laughs> uh, you know, I have trouble with the word pieces. I always forget if it's I-E or E-I. Yeah, so football. F-O-O-T-B-A-L-L. -L. And I want to talk about it more later, but essentially, American football is, you have these, you have this field. And it looks like this. I saw my drawing skills on display here. Check this out. Okay, I'm drawing it on this angle so you can see. And they have these lines. And these, this has a what's called a goalpost. This has a goalpost. Okay, so this area is called an end zone. This whole square area. It's not a net or anything like that, like football. It's just this whole area is known as the end zone. And the goal is you have you have two teams here. One team is on offense. And one team is on defense. And the team on offense is going this way with the goal of crossing this line. Sounds pretty easy, right? Well, the defense is really good. They're doing it in what are called plays. And they have to go at least 10 yards in four plays. So they have four plays, one, two, three, four, to go 10 yards. If they can't go 10 yards in four plays, 
Then the team that is on defense gets to go on offense, and then they get to try to go this way. So maybe they go this way a little bit, and then the other team goes this way a little bit, and then the other team goes this way a little bit, like that. But it's not constant action or motion. Between every play, they get together in a group. They huddle. They huddle up and they say, Greg, you go over there. No, they don't say it like that. They have plans. Kathy. And uh, they, they then spread out across this line that they're on. They can't cross the line that the ball is on. right? So if the ball is here, then all of the players are lined up behind the ball. If you cross the ball, then that's bad. Very bad. Okay. So then the person who, the quarterback who takes the ball says hike or something, and then he gets the ball. He might hand it to someone who will try to run this way. He might have someone who's running over here and he might throw it to them. It's called a wide receiver. I played, I, I used to love football. It used to be my favorite sport um, when I was a kid. And they might catch it and try to run. And so that, I mean, that's what they're trying to do. When they get into this area, if they get into this area, into the end zone, then that is called a touchdown. They don't actually have to touch the ball down, but it's called a touchdown, a touchdown. And if you play video games like Madden or something like that, you're probably familiar with this. If you watch it, then you, of course, are very familiar with this. So that's the big thing that you want, right? In in when you're watching soccer or football around the world, particularly in Spanish, what do you hear the announcers say very loudly when they score? They say "go" and it goes on for ten minutes, right? Well, in American football, when someone does this, they say touchdown like that it's the same thing except they're saying touchdown now you might be wondering what this is then well after they score a touchdown then they have the opportunity to get one more point so a touchdown is worth six points and then they have the opportunity to have one kicker try to kick a ball through these goal posts and if they do that successfully they get one more point it's totally seven points they usually make it. It's usually pretty easy to get that. It's almost automatic, right? Rarely does it get blocked. So seven points, six points for a touchdown plus one if they can kick it through the goalposts, right? So touchdown then in life is when we achieve something. If you have a sudden moment of success, you will hear some people say touchdown. But I don't necessarily recommend it. All of the idioms we have talked about the ball is in your court, par for the course, go to bat for someone, ballpark estimate or guess. These are really common in daily English. A touchdown in everyday English is something you hear, but only among certain people. There's certain people who might say quite a touchdown when they've done something successful, but I would say not particularly, not particularly common uh, to say in everyday life. I mean, I don't hear it that much, and I don't know if I've said it very often, but I do hear people saying it now and then, so it's definitely not incorrect. Okay, but that brings me to something that people do say, which is a Hail Mary. 
And this is really, I personally, I think this is really interesting. Okay, a Hail Mary. Now, Catholics, if you're a Catholic, you will know what this is. If you're a Catholic, this is a prayer that you make to Mother Mary, Mother of Jesus. And if you sin and then you confess your sins to a priest, they might say, you know, say 10 Our Father prayers, 6 Hail Marys, and you will be good to go, right? <laughs> well, the for whatever reason, I'm not sure how it happened, there's now a football connection to this. And this is called a Hail Mary Pass. Uh, uh, Alyssa Marie's Totally Blind says, uh, is it the Super Bowl season already? <laughs> no. It's just that we're hap we're talking about sports idioms, and we happen to be on football. Uh, although, when is fo Super Bowl season? I don't know. So, let's say now that we have a little bit of American football background, I gotta draw my field again. Okay, I'll just draw it very very quickly. Okay. Oh God! Oh no! <laughs> okay. Now there th th there's a there's a clock. And when the time runs out, game over. Whoever has more points at the end of the game loses. Let's say there's 30 seconds. 30 seconds left in the game. And this team is down by three points. Okay? And they're here. And they need to go all the way over to here. That takes a long time. It might take 20 minutes for them to 30 minutes to get all the way down to the end zone and maybe, maybe score if they can even succeed, right? But there's 30 seconds left. There's no time for that. So they might just try something crazy where they have one guy just run during a play. Remember play? He'll run all the way down here. And the guy who throws the ball called the quarterback will just basically close his eyes, <laughs> throw the ball as hard as he can in the air, and hope, pray, pray, that's why, that this guy catches it and goes into the end zone. It's unlikely to happen, right? And he's running so far that this guy, how can you even be accurate, right? So essentially, they're taking a big risk, but it's the only thing that could even possibly lead to success. But this feeling of closing his eyes and throwing it and then saying a prayer, please, please go where I wanted to go. Please catch it. Right. That's it's a it's a prayer. You're just praying that it that it works out. So when you hear people say in daily life, a Hail Mary, what it means is this is a huge risk. And again, this is really common in everyday English, American English. This is a huge risk. We're, we know it's a huge risk. We're taking, we're taking, taking the huge risk. The outcome is unknown. It could result in a big success, right? And sometimes you hear people talk about this when they take a big risk and it works out. And then when they're talking about the story, they say, it was a total Hail Mary. I had no idea if it was going to work. I just thought, you know what? I have no other options. This is what I have to do. Now, that could fail spectacularly, or it could succeed 
It, it does the Hail Mary doesn't tell you if it succeeds or fails. The hair the Hail Mary is the type of thing that you're doing. You're taking a huge risk that could succeed in a big way or fail in a big way, and you know it's a huge risk and you do it anyway, praying, hoping that it works well. Now it doesn't actually have religious connotations. It's more like just I hope it works. Ooh, I don't know. Let's see. The first example that comes to mind is the guy who started the food company that I'm now not remembering the name of, it's something like Ugly Food or, uh, uh, let me see if I can find it. U ugly, Ugly Produce Companies. What's, uh, Miss, I think it's Misfits Markets. Misfits Market, yeah. So this guy had started several small startup companies and they all failed. Finally, he got this idea that he was going to uh, make relationships with farmers to buy their ugly produce because a lot of their produce, it the, the nice looking stuff goes into the supermarkets, but the ugly stuff doesn't make it. So he wanted to buy the ugly produce at a discount on the assumption that customers would be willing to buy the ugly produce in boxes and not care that it was ugly because they got a discount. So he would then package the ugly produce in boxes that customers could pay for in bulk and have them literally shipped to their house. And he took out, I think, seven credit cards, which is obviously stupid, right? He maxed out all of the credit cards. And so if that had not worked, he would have essentially gone, it would have been a disaster financially. But it worked. Misfits Market is now huge. They're, I don't know what they're worth, probably a couple billion dollars, right? And that was a Hail Mary, taking out all the credit cards because he couldn't get investors because his previous startups had failed. So he took it, he, he made a Hail Mary pass. And sometimes you hear it used as Hail Mary pass, sometimes just Hail Mary, a major risk. It paid off big time. It paid off. If something works out, if a Hail Mary works out, we say, wow, that really that really paid off. So all of that background, just to say, now we know what Hail Mary means. <laughs> and now, if you didn't know about American football, now at least you know a little bit about it. Uh, I think it's boring, but I used to love it as a kid. I used to be a very big fan. I used to play it. I used to be obsessed with American, American football. Okay, so if you have examples you want to share, have you ever taken any Hail Marys? Have you ever had to take any Hail Marys? Uh, feel free to share. And I see we've got Alex in the voice channel. So if Alex, if you want to share an example or ask any questions, feel free to unmute yourself. Uh, no pressure, of course. Stephanie says to go bankrupt literally. Well, he didn't go bankrupt, but there would have been a high risk of bankruptcy. That's probably the longest answer I've given to such a simple question. I struggle to just give a two-word answer sometimes. Uh, I don't know. I apologize. I believe Alejandro says soccer, soccer is like rugby without all those protecting the protective gear. Absolutely, that is correct. Uh, let's see. You better stop molesting me, or I'm gonna kick you up like a touchdown. Eh, pro probably not on that one. Thank you, Constantine, who's praised my drawing. Uh, Alex, I hear you, but you might want to mute the stream if you're gonna pop in an example or if you have a question. 
hello. Drop the ball, Luba. I'm going to talk about that one next. That's actually my my next one. So yeah, good. Great minds think alike. I don't have enough money to buy the concert ticket. I have uh, all I have left is three dollars, and I may and I made a sports bet and won three hundred. Enough for the show and dinner. Just a hail mary. Absolutely, just a hail mary. Just a hail mary pass. Sergio, as usual, with the great examples. So you wanted to get a concert ticket. You have $3 left. You made a bet on a horse race or something. And, uh, yep, there you go. And I think this is a really interesting point from Constantine. Or Constantine. I guess we have to be careful not to use overuse idioms in daily life. Besides, not all people understand them, which leads to misunderstandings. I think that's right. I One time, I met, a, I met an English learner who was obsessed with learning idioms, and he just wanted to talk to me all the time. And I was fine with that. We, you know, used to send messages back and forth. But the problem was he would cram idioms. Cram, cram, if you cram something in... Um, you try to put things into a space that's too small. Like if you put eight people into a car, it's, you cram them in. They don't really fit. I think legally that's not that's not cool as well, unless it's a bus, right? So you cram idioms into your conversations. It's not natural. Then you think, okay, we, idioms are what makes native English native. Well, part of it, there's a lot of pieces, right? But you can know tons of things that you don't use all the time. It is natural to use idioms when it's natural to use them. So it's important to know what they mean, but it's also very important to, to know how they're used. It's very important to know when to use them. It's very important to know, sort of, get a feeling for when it's appropriate to use it, right? That's absolutely essential. And just because you know something doesn't mean you should use it, right? I know the word lit but I don't say the word lit because it doesn't feel right for me, right? And there are a lot of idioms that I know. We talked about a touchdown. I know people who say that. I don't say it. Doesn't feel like me, right? So yeah, don't force it. Don't overuse idioms. And if you you know, if you want to know how often you should use them, that's something that you just have to get a feeling for. So there, you know, watch more movies, play more video games, read more books, have more conversations. So yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, Constantine, teen. I want to say teen, but I don't know if I'm saying it correctly. Alejandro, uh, do you have anything to add or ask? I see you there in the voice chat. Is there anything you'd like to pop in, sir? To say hello. Okay. Well, hello. Uh, um, do you have? If you have any questions on any of the idioms that we talk about as we go or you want to share examples in the voice chat, you're welcome to do so. Thank you, brother. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you guys don't know where that voice is coming from, that is Alejandro, who is in the voice channel of the Discord, which you can join for free. By the way, since we have more, uh, uh, we have uh, new people here joining, uh, we've got Black Friday sales happening. If you look in the description, you're going to see a bunch of links. Uh, those links are to 
Udemy. So Udemy has started its Black Friday sales. These are the largest sales of the year. I'm doing a Black Friday sale at the same time. Uh, the reason I'm doing one is uh, uh, you'll get the best price if you use mine. These are the these are the best prices that can possibly be offered, and it's not something that happens often at all, like once a year maybe. So, and they might be going up completely overall next year. So, uh, check those if you want to check out the courses. The discount code is Luke Friday. Uh, on all the courses, L-U-K-E-F-R-I-D-A-Y, all capital letters. The easiest thing to do is probably just click on the links in the description. I know there are a lot of them, but you can, if you want to check them out individually, just do sort of click and then open a new tab, open a new tab, and just open them up. You can preview all of them. You can watch the first few lessons for all of them, see which ones are right for you, which ones maybe don't fit with your goals if you want to learn pronunciation, if you want to learn more idioms, if you want to learn grammar, if you want to improve your writing, all of that stuff, you can check those out. Now is the time to get them. These are the best prices for the entire year. And you will see discounted prices on Udemy generally. So you can, of course, check out other courses too. But I would ask that you use the coupon code Luke Friday. And the reason is because if you use my coupon code, then I get credit for it. And Udemy likes that, likes likes to see that. So that, that really helps me out. Okay, back to it, shall we? Stephanie says, I uh, that's what I'm afraid of. Using idioms and slang, maybe the definition won't be that accurate. That's right. So you really need to look at the examples uh, you really need to understand the context. Don't be afraid to use them, but just, you know, be aware that, yeah, you could be overusing or you could be using them in the wrong context. And the only way to get there is more example sentences. You know, look it up, look it up, read example sentences. You have to get a feeling for it. And that's kind of the hard part. I don't want to fall out with anybody, but saying that not everyone understands idioms comes across as patronizing in my book. Well, Vitali, I don't know necessarily about that. It's true that not everyone understands idioms. I, I think there that that um, Constantine was just stating a, a fact there. The fact is, yeah, not everyone understands all idioms, and uh, including me, I don't understand all idioms, so... That's, I think it's, you know, it's normal. Once you un If you don't understand something, that's a learning opportunity. What's that? I, I didn't know that. Interesting. Tell me more about that. So that's a perfect learning opportunity. Stephanie, you just left right where I was about to say hello to you. Oh, no. Okay. I think we can keep going, folks. So Luba mentioned drop the ball and I think that's a good one to do next drop uh, should I put this in the past tense so this I don't think we should attach to a specific sport but it wouldn't be a sport that involves kicking 
it would be as well not only kicking like like soccer football 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 soccer foot football soccer we couldn't we couldn't say that it's from that but a sport where a ball is carried could be rugby could be american football suppose it could be baseball i don't think basketball would work because dropping the ball is okay in basketball that's called dribbling <laughs> that's part of the sport so in sports where a ball is carried and dropping it is a bad thing let's say american football if you are running with the ball and you drop it or you or it gets knocked out of your hand that's called a fumble and that's also not fumble fumble that's also an important word to know because we often use fumble in general when we make mistakes oh i kind of fumbled that presentation i fumbled that explanation of that idiom i kind of fumbled that one i fumbled my explanation of drop the ball so fumble drop the ball same thing actually they're used in the same way as idioms too but drop the ball is usually for bigger mistakes. I really dropped the ball, meaning that I had a responsibility and I failed at that responsibility. Or I was supposed to do something and for some reason I didn't do it or I didn't do it correctly. Or I had high expectations of myself and I did the thing that I was supposed to do, but I didn't meet my expectations. Or any kind of thing where you can fail and you do fail or you disappoint others or yeah others have high expectations and you don't meet those expectations you drop the ball you drop the ball so let's say for example i was supposed to i had a, a commitment right i say on friday i will be here on time and we'll talk about sports related idioms i promise but then something comes up or I, whatever i miss it right that used to happen that was luke last year i didn't have a regular schedule for for the podcast and that was not good right but if i make a commitment and then i don't meet my commitment i could say i dropped the ball now, I am known to sometimes be a little a little late, okay? And so I could say, sorry, I'm a little late. I kind of dropped the ball, but here I am. And if I completely don't show up and I completely miss it, then I say instead of, I still use drop the ball, but instead of saying I kind of dropped the ball or I dropped the ball a bit, this can be in degrees. That's the interesting about the... That's the interesting thing about this is that we have these degrees. If you drop the ball a bit or you kind of or you sort of drop the ball, right? Then it's not that serious. I was 20 minutes late. Sorry, I dropped the ball a bit. I should have left earlier. My bad. My bad. I say that a lot. <laughs> but... If it's severe, a major thing that happened that you did wrong, that you failed at, that you messed up, others were expecting you to do something, others had expectations, it was terrible, right? Then you really dropped the ball. You dropped the ball big time. Big time, adding big time after something makes it more. <laughs> you screwed up big time. You fumbled. Big time. You messed up big time. 
You blew it. Big time. Maybe we should do another lesson about mis making mistakes uh, in the future, but adding big time makes it a lot. So for drop the ball, you have these various degrees. First example that comes to mind. I really enjoyed Thor Ragnarok. I believe it was the third Thor movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And it was directed by Taiko Watiti, who is very funny. He's a good director. I, he didn't write the main story of Thor Ragnarok, but he was he directed it and he had a lot of influence there. And it was a really fun, funny movie, very well directed. So then, jeez, just dropped my phone on, on the floor. That was loud. So then I just dropped the ball. Well, I didn't drop the ball. I dropped my phone. I just dropped the phone. <laughs> so then they said to Taika Watiti, okay, you get to write the next movie and direct it. We're going to give you basically full creative control. <laughs> and he went and wrote one, in my, this is my opinion, one of the worst movies ever written, right? It's horrible. It, it's just cheap, stupid jokes for the entire thing. And again, my opinion, I loved Thor Ragnarok, Thor Love and Thunder, one of the worst movies ever made, definitely the worst Marvel movie ever made. By the way, tonight I'm going to see Wakanda Forever. I'm really looking forward to that. I'm very excited for that. So, either Disney or Marvel or Taika Waititi dropped the ball. Yeah, they all dropped the ball. Disney dropped the ball in letting him direct, uh, write the movie, and he dropped the ball in writing a bad movie. <laughs> so that would be an example of someone who I think screwed up. Now, did he actually? Well, the movie made a lot of money, I guess, so financially it's successful, but in my opinion, he dropped the ball in terms of quality. It's not a good movie, terrible movie, which is unfortunate. Okay, so think of times you've made mistakes. Again, I like this one because... It, 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 it's not so, it, it has degrees. It's not so cut and dry. It can be your opinion that someone dropped the ball. There are a lot of different ways to use it, right? And that's what makes it very flexible. It's kind of, as Stephanie was worried about, uh, you know, what if I use it the wrong way? This one's kind of hard to use the wrong way, in my opinion. So Vitali says... I really dropped the ball turning down that job. So this would be a perfect example because you 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 got a an offer and you thought, yeah, but if I take this offer, I might get a better offer from another company next week. So I'm going to turn this one down, assuming I get the other one. You turn it down. You wait for the next one. You don't get the next one. Then you go back to the first one and say, hey, is the job still available? And they say, no. It has been accepted by someone else. You drop the ball. Alejandro says, so is drop the ball the opposite of cut the mustard? Not exactly. To cut the mustard is to reach a certain standard of quality, right? Uh, that doesn't cut the mustard. It's essentially just saying it's not good enough. We don't usually use cut the mustard in the positive, saying that cuts the mustard. That's not common at all. 
doesn't cut the mustard just means it's not up to a certain quality. So no, I wouldn't say it's the opposite. Oh, <laughs> the voice came out of nowhere. <laughs> um, uh, do you have an example for drop the ball, Alejandro? Alejandro? Not just yet. Oh, okay. All right. Th if you have one, let me know. All right. With full-time employment thin on the ground, I really dropped the ball by not taking the job that came up the other week. Ooh, nice. Full-time employment thin on the ground, I really dropped the ball by not taking the job that came up the other week. Very nicely done. Very nicely done. Good job. Vitaly always, and Constantine, and, uh, and Sergio always with the great examples, and Stephanie as well. Thank you so much. Nice one. Okay. Geez, so we've talked about, we're really moving here. We have talked about the ball is in your court. We've talked about par for the course. We've talked about go to bat for someone. We've talked about a ballpark guess. We've talked about dropping the ball. We've talked about a Hail Mary. Now we have two more that I want to cover. Actually, we've also talked about jump the gun and touchdown. <laughs> Any others that came up? Right. We've covered a lot. We've talked about a lot. Uh, so I think this is going well. Let's keep it going. And keep the examples coming. I mean, this is this is your chance to get feedback on examples. Don't worry. Don't feel stressed. Like, what if it's wrong or something? It doesn't matter. No one cares about... No one's... La no one's... You know, just try. And I'm happy to give feedback on any examples. Uh, all the examples have at least taught us something. They've been great. So, so I really appreciate that, guys. By the way, if you haven't done so already, I would appreciate if you could hit the like button. If you haven't subscribed, make sure you subscribe. But uh, like button or... Uh, whatever you got to do to show support, just a simple action you can take makes a very big difference. Uh, and if you're taking any of the courses, feel free to leave a review. I don't know if you know, but you know, taking courses, uh, if you want to show support to teachers like myself, like Francis, and you're taking courses, it's a big deal to leave a review. It really helps out. It's the main thing that tells the various platforms like Udemy, hey, this course is good. I want others to see it, right? So uh, so it, it helps out more than you can possibly imagine. So if you're taking one of my courses, I would really appreciate if you could leave a review on the course. It helps a lot, a lot. Well, certain types of reviews help a lot. <laughs> Um, good ones help. Okay. I would like to achieve that goal, but since I dropped the ball doing making wrong decisions, now it's so far away from me. Yeah, that's good. I would say instead of doing wrong decisions, I would say maybe making wrong decisions. Uh, sorry, Vitaly, I didn't get your whole sentence there, but I think I, I think I have since, uh, since looked at it. Correct? All right. 
So now we go to basketball. 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 A new one that's come up is a half-court shot. That's a good one. That's a relatively new, I think. So half... This is not the main one I want to talk about. A half-court... Oops. A half-court shot is when you're really far away from the hoop, you shoot it, hoping that it goes in at the last second. This is similar to a Hail Mary, right? It's sort of like, a, well, I hope it goes in. Half-court shot. You I took a half-court shot. It didn't work out. I took a half-court shot, and it failed miserably. Not as common as Hail Mary, and I think this is a relatively new expression. But one that's not new is a slam dunk. And we were talking earlier about a touchdown, right? As I said, a touchdown is not particularly common when we are celebrating something or when we have success outside of the sport of football, but you do hear it. However, a slam dunk is very common and has a very similar meaning. So when something is a total success, 100% successful, you didn't just succeed, but it was a flawless success. It went maybe better than expected, whatever you were trying to do, right? We would say, you nailed it. You nailed it. Whether it's the outcome or the response from an audience or uh, the, uh, the way you feel after it, all of those things, you can say that was a slam dunk. Okay, so let's say a business situation. You're, you have to meet a sales quota by the end of the year. It's like December 23rd and you don't, you're not even close. But then on the 23rd, you get on a call with one of your, your potential clients and you close a huge deal that surpasses your sales quota for the quarter. It was a slam dunk for you and a slam dunk for the team and also the client is very happy. So everybody's happy. You made your quota. The team's happy. The company's happy. Happy, And when people congratulate you on closing that deal, you, they say, wow, that was a slam dunk doesn't have to be right at the end, right? But that helps because that makes it more impressive. So it's something that's really impressive. But maybe it's a presentation. You give a talk. You give a presentation to a group of people and you do really well. Total slam dunk. That was a complete slam dunk. This is when someone grab, has the ball in their hand and puts it directly into the hoop, right? I've never understood why that's more impressive. Unless you're doing spins and stuff, which is cool. But people say that dunking is very cool. Oh, it's so cool. Isn't that easier? Yeah, if you can jump that high, just put it in directly. Isn't that a lot easier than shooting it in from a distance? Why is dunking more impressive? Anyway, that's just a small rant. But a slam dunk, generally, we would use when we want to congratulate ourselves and describe a major achievement in that way, like the, the example of the client that I gave. But it can be used for very ordinary things as well, everyday things, passing exams, a complete slam dunk, a total slam dunk, 
Uh, and and let's let's see what our old pal. By the way, come up with examples. Let me know what you think would be a slam dunk, and I can check them for you. Uh, but let's see what our old pal, the free dictionary, has. Slam dunk. Slam dunk. Okay, slam dunk. Noun, literally a goal scored in basketball by putting the ball straight down the hoop with one's hand. Yeah, literally. By extension, a forceful, dramatic success or accomplishment, especially one that is completed handily or easily. The convict the conviction was a slam dunk for the district attorney's office. Okay, so maybe a criminal was prosecuted and ultimately was found guilty, uh, convicted of a certain crime, major success for the legal team responsible for prosecuting. Their latest smartphone is yet another slam dunk for the electronics manufacturer. So they make a product, the product is really well made, it's perfect, and the sales are through the roof, everyone's buying it. It is a slam dunk. So financial success, if you're talking about a movie that is very successful, it was a complete slam dunk for them. Uh, verb by extension, to achieve a forceful dramatic success or accomplishment handily. The incumbent president has slam dunked his opponent in every televised debate so far. If we slam dunk this proposal, we'll get enough funding to see us through to the end of next year. Wow. Nice. Finishing that project with all his experience should be a slam dunk for George. Okay, so I think we get the idea. That's nice. Yes, I suppose it doesn't have to be. Uh, Alejandro says, but the slam dunk definition is not quite accurate by only saying that it is made by using just one hand because it could by be done using both hands. Absolutely, that's right. Let's not focus on how many hands are being used. That's not really the point here of the idiom. A dunk could be one hand or two hands. The point of the idiom is that it's a major, a major success. So slam dunk can be attitude or behavior too. Yes, I would say it can. That's a good question. Uh, uh, if you say, I slam dunk everything I attempt, right? Everything I do in my life is a slam dunk. So that's about my attitude toward life, right? And how I behave. I, we couldn't say I'm slam dunky or something like that. I'm a slam dunker, probably not. But in terms of my attitude, and I would describe myself as I always blah, blah, blah. Then, yes, you, would, you could definitely use slam dunk in that sense. For sure, 100%, 1,000%, absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, of course. Okay. We have one more. Have I missed any idioms? Foregone conclusion Yes, Vitaly says, foregone conclusion, slam dunk. If I say it's going to be a slam dunk. Glenn and Cheryl, they know what they're doing. They've got this. It's going to be a slam dunk. That's before it happens. I already know it's going to be a success. It is a foregone conclusion because they're so good at what they do. It's going to be a slam dunk for sure. No question. All right. Last one comes from boxing. 
And the expression is throw in the towel. So in boxing, I don't, I think they still do it. I don't watch a lot of boxing. I do like MMA. I do like the UFC. I watch that sport. They don't use the towel thing for the UFC. Uh, when you want to quit, usually it's because you got knocked out <laughs> or you got choked out. <laughs> you can't breathe. <laughs> so you tap. But in boxing, uh, one way to say we're done or to quit uh, the match is to throw a towel into the ring. Throwing the towel indicates that it's over, it's done, right? So in general, in life, we often use the expression throw in the towel to indicate that we want to quit. We're done. We don't want to do it anymore. We're defeated. That could be for all kinds of things, right? Maybe, now, it's, I want to differentiate it from stopping something. Right? So let's say, okay, we've been talking about idioms for an hour and 50 minutes. <laughs> and when I say, okay, we're done now, that's because it's over. We're done. It's not because I'm quitting. So in that case, do not say throw in the towel. Say, we're done. It's over. We're finished. Good job. That's when something is over because it's completed. But when you want to quit or give in in the middle of a process because either you may you're, you may fail if you don't anyway or because you're exhausted or you're mentally and emotionally defeated and you can't deal with it anymore or you see that there's not even a possibility that you could succeed you may just give up early right to throw in the towel and this can be for very big things and very small things it could be school related professional related could be for your personal your personal life, right? So let's say, for example, you have uh, maybe a uh, a friend who is addicted to something, video games or alcohol. They have a problem, and you've been trying to help them get over their addiction, get over their problem, right? For years, you've tried to find solutions for them. You've talked with them. You've had interventions, right? Finally, after three years, their addictions are out of control. And you as a friend, it breaks your heart, but you now see that no action you could take will help them. So you say either to them or another friend or yourself, I've tried and I just... Don't think there's anything I can do anymore. It makes me so sad, but I'm throwing in the towel. I'm, I threw in the towel, if you're talking to someone else, right? I, I tried to help him for three years. Finally, I just threw in the towel. I just threw in the towel. There is probably a feeling of hopelessness, right? It doesn't have to be hopelessness in general, right? A team could be working on something. A group of people could be working on something. They see it's not going to work, so they throw in the towel. The people at Twitter who tried to uh, maybe do their best to uh, support the new changes, the, the changes that were happening in Twitter, 
when Elon Musk uh, took over. Uh, they stayed for a while, and then they saw that it was an impossible task. They weren't going to have a work-life balance. They were going to be asked to work 80 hours a week. They decided to just throw in the towel. That means they decided to stop trying to work there, to stop trying to make their employment there work out. And so they left, right? So they threw in the towel. But a large company could throw in the towel if they quit, right? It might be used for, for something like, I don't know, Google's had so many products that they've launched that have failed, like Google Plus and Loon, which was a project where they had uh, satellites or something on Wi-Fi hotspots attached to balloons <laughs> that were floating over Mongolia. <laughs> and eventually they canceled the project. For that, we probably would use the language of they killed that product, they canceled that product or that project, right? You could say they threw in the towel on Loon. On Loon, they threw in the towel pretty early. We could describe it, but when we say throw in the towel, it feels pretty colloquial and doesn't sound very formal. It feels very spoken English-y, right? So... Uh, I don't know, for a product or service, we usually use things like canceled or stopped or quit or um, uh, ended or something like that instead of throw in the towel. But that's the idea. I'm going to check your examples, so pop those in. But let's see what the good old free dictionary has to say. Throw in the, throw in the, throw in the towel. Here we go. Throw in the towel, throw in the towel, to give up some endeavor, to quit, to abandon something, to admit defeat or failure. I've been working on this book for over a year and I'm getting nowhere with it. I think I'm ready to throw in the towel. After trying their hand in the mobile market for just a few years, the company is already throwing in the towel after finding very little success. When John could stand no more of Mary's bad temper, he threw in the towel and left. Don't give up now. It's too soon to throw in the sponge. Uh, I'm not aware of throwing in the sponge, but... Uh, to throw in the towel, you stop trying to do something because you know that you cannot succeed. Clara's support when her son's trainers wanted to throw in the towel was crucial. Verbs such as chuck or toss are something used instead of throw. One day I will be brave enough or fed up enough to chuck in the towel. Yeah, sometimes I've heard people say chuck. Chuck is like throw. Toss, same thing. You can also say throws in the sponge. Uh, don't say throws in the sponge. I have not heard anyone say throw in the sponge. Toss and chuck in the towel, absolutely, but um, probably not. Probably not sponge. Stephanie says Elon Musk's layoffs made employees throw in the towel um, on their jobs. Yeah, yeah. Did you make that example before I did? Because I wasn't looking at yours. Maybe we came up with the same example. Absolutely. I don't know that they threw in the towel on their careers because they're probably, after they quit, they said, okay, we can't deal with this new environment, so we quit. They're going to be fine. Their Twitter employees, they will be able to get hired elsewhere. They will have uh, other opportunities, I'm sure. It's like saying, I'm quit, I'm done, that's it, I've had enough. Absolutely, Stephanie, that is correct. You've used it correctly. And I will talk about coming out swinging because that's a good one too. 
Uh, that's a really good one to mention. Alejandro says, every goal that has successfully been made doesn't know what throw in the towel is. Huh, okay. Every every person who has... How about, let me phrase it like this. I, I, I get what you're saying there. And Alejandro, if you want to explain that more, I just want to make sure I understand. Do you want to talky-talk that one? Alejandro... So I think what you're getting at there, Alejandro, and correct me if I'm wrong, is sort of like persistence or pushing through impossible odds. Um, anyone... <laughs> My pen made a mistake. Anyone... Nani? Anyone who has succeeded by pushing through impossible challenges does not understand the concept of throwing in the towel. Anyone who has succeeded by pushing through impossible challenges, impossible odds, extreme difficulties, does not understand the concept of throwing in the towel. That doesn't mean they don't actually understand it. What it means is that they don't think in terms of we could give up. They never think we should throw in the towel. Yeah, of course, they understand what that means, probably. They just don't think about things that way. I never think about quitting. I don't think in terms of quitting what I start. If I start something, I will carry it through. I will continue. I will persist. So I like I like where you're going with that. Alejandro. Nicely done, sir. Nicely done. And I like I like the uh, come out swinging one because that one is um, that one's good. Election results in a country that shall remain nameless can be a slam dunk if you cop my drift, <laughs> Vitali. That's an interesting one. Yeah, cop my drift. Awesome. So coming out swinging is the idea of in a boxing match or, or any sort of fighting match when the bell goes ding ding and it starts or the person says fight they come out and it's not like they're just sometimes fighters they, they do this for you know three minutes. I don't know if any of you follow the UFC but that is by the way now I only like two sports now. When I was younger I used to be really into sports. Now there are only two sports I follow. One golf but only to play it i only play golf i don't actually watch golf but i play golf and i like ping pong too and the ufc mma fighting my wife actually got me into that she started watching it first and she really got me interested in it i didn't watch it and then she was started watching it and now i like it anyway um there is a fight between it was a championship fight between 
uh, uh, two ladies, Rose Namayunas and the lady whose nickname is Cookie Monster, whatever her name is. Anyway, they spent the whole five rounds, five minutes, five rounds of five minutes, 25 minutes, essentially just doing this. <laughs> barely punching, barely moving. It was the most boring fight I've ever seen in my entire life. That would be the opposite of coming out swinging. If you come out swinging, as soon as you can, you go out and just try to kill the other person. So we would use this in daily life when you're very aggressive. When you're in a situation and you are immediately the one taking action, the one taking initiative, the one doing the things, taking the risks, challenging others, whatever the situation may be, if there's an opportunity for you to be kind of aggressive, but maybe in a good way or very offensive and not very passive and cautious and seeing what other people do first, then you might say, you really like to come out swinging in negotiations, right? That sort of thing. So yes, absolutely. That is a very good one and a pretty common one too. Uh, Vitali says the notion of throwing in the towel would be alien to them. Would that work? Yeah, I think that's a good one. If something is alien to you, that means I, I've never even thought about it. It seems so strange to me that we would consider quitting, that we would even think about giving up. It seems nuts to me. Why would we think about throwing in the towel? That idea is very alien. If something is very alien to you, it seems very strange, right? If you visit a country that you've never been to and you see some customs that you're not used to, that's, that's very alien to, to me, right? Very alien. The first time I saw a pig brain being served to me, I thought that's very, it was very alien to me, right? To, to see that. I didn't, I didn't eat it. I'm not I don't really like the idea of eating pig brains, but hey, that's just me. Uh, I was trying to explain the meaning of slam dunk to my friend and finally threw in the towel. <laughs> that's great. Combination of two idioms. Perfect. Well done. Nicely done, sir. <laughs> that's excellent. I was trying to explain the meaning of slam dunk to my friend and finally threw in the towel. It was all in vain. Nice. That's for real. That, just share this with them. Send them this. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes. Cop the drift in the. I, I never. I've never used that before. Cop the drift ever. Vitali, just say. So I mean, maybe it's out there, but personally, I've never used it. Alejandro and Stephanie. Uh, Stephanie used to watch bo boxing and Alejandro likes to watch Mike Tyson. Yeah, I don't watch a lot of boxing, but um, I do watch UFC. Don't freak out, Luke. It's okay. We got you. What? Wait, what happened? When was that happening? <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's it for our idioms, folks. Uh, I mean, it's been quite a journey. I didn't know we were going to spend nearly two hours talking through idioms, but here we are. Uh, it's been, it's been, it's been, uh, it's been epic. It's been epic. So, is there someone outside? Hold on. I hear voices. Oh, maybe Mushroom is on the phone. Let's see. 
so I do have other things. I was going to talk through the football rules, but I kind of did already, right? Yeah, so when I was growing up, I grew up in a very athletic household. We all played we all played sports, my brothers and I in our yard. We liked to play football in the we had a big yard when I was a kid and we always always played football and baseball when I was growing up. I was on a baseball team. Uh, a lot of kids play what's called t-ball and then little league and it's kids kids sports right i played that until i was probably 12 and i was really into that i was never really into basketball my little brother was is and was very good at basketball he was on the high school basketball team and was really really good um i i played american football too i really liked playing it casually what we call uh, tag football where you, where you just, t or touch football. You touch the person instead of having to tackle them to the ground. It's a little less violent, right? And less chance of injury. And uh, I really liked playing that. So then when I was in high school, my first year of high school, I joined the football team. And in high school, I was very small. And so I used to just get, just destroyed. I got hit so many times. It's just crazy. And so after my first year, I thought, you know what? I actually don't like full contact sports. I don't want to get hurt. This hurts. So my first year of high school, I quit playing football. I'm very glad I did that. And I started playing golf. So I joined the golf team. And that was a lot more fun. Every day after school, we would finish school at maybe 2.30 or 3 p.m. And then we would get in a van and they, we would drive to the local golf course. We would play nine holes of golf. Very relaxing. You can listen to some music. Really nice. Uh, I have very good memories of being on the golf team. And it's not that I was super amazing at golf, but I enjoyed it. And I still enjoy, I still enjoy playing golf, actually. And then I stopped playing baseball when I was probably 13 or something. I wasn't that good at baseball, but I did like, I did like to play it. And... Well, we played a lot of other sports when I was a kid, too. Even things like paintball. We had paintball guns, and we would have paintball wars. That's pretty fun to play. It's like a battle, except you have guns with paintballs, and it hurts when you get hit by a paintball. Um, and, uh, yeah, basketball just was never really, never really my thing. But high school sports are a big part of the community. So less baseball, but especially for basketball and football, it's a big part of the local community, the local school every Friday night. If it's basketball season, they'll have these basketball games and <clears throat> teams get together. The families are all there and all the students are there for the school, but also people from the community and parents of the kids and everybody is there. You can buy popcorn and snacks. And I have very good memories from uh, especially going to basketball games on Friday nights, the energy and the excitement uh, on a Friday night going to a basketball game was insane for, for a kid in high school. It was the most exciting thing in the world. And same with football, going to a football game, just so exciting to watch and hang out with friends. And it was very social community sort of events. So I have good memories from from that. But uh, now I'm realizing I, where I live now, I don't really have any, 
I don't know if they have football games. I don't know what's going on. I don't know anybody yet. I've just recently moved to the area, so I don't know. I'm really not really part of the community. Dodgeball. Uh, yes, dodgeball is fun. I like dodgeball. That's a that's a good sport. I also like playing frisbee, but just uh, ultimate frisbee is okay. But I like to just throw a frisbee back and forth. I think that's very very fun and relaxing. I don't think anybody's going to throw in the towel so soon or freak out by speaking English. Uh, we'd like to talk with you on Discord. Well, I am on Discord right now, Alejandro. Where I, I'm there. You can hear me. I'm, I'm, I'm on. Dude, I'm on. So are you. So let's talk. I only heard catch my drift, not cop my drift. It's new for me. Yes. So that's right. Uh, Constantine, catch. Do you catch my drift? It's kind of like, do you get what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? When you don't want to say something directly, uh, but you want to insinuate it or suggest it without having to say it directly. It's, uh, I don't I can't think of an immediate example. It's something, if you catch my drift. So I said something, but I didn't say it directly. Catch my drift instead of uh, cop my drift. I'm on. I'm on, Alejandro. I'm in the voice channel for sure on Discord. Okay, so if... I think we'll call it, call it a day for today. There are other things I had planned, but maybe we can talk about those another time. I will be back tomorrow with Mushroom. We will be here at 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. So stay tuned for that. Next week... I will not be on a regular streaming schedule. And the reason is because Thanksgiving week, I'll be doing a lot of social things. I would like to go live, but if I go live, it'll probably be on my phone and not sort of sitting here. So we'll see how that goes. And the only other thing is, listen, the courses are on sale. It is literally the biggest sale of the year. I can't stress this enough. If you were ever thinking about picking up any of my courses, this is 100% the time to do it. My courses on Udemy have been taken by over 157,000 students with over 36,000, almost 37,000 reviews, right? I have 18 courses, Building Your English Brain, Master Native English, English Writing, Syntax, English Grammar, and more, Professional English Emails, American English Pronunciation, Advanced American English Pronunciation, Customer Service English Essentials, English Grammar Complete, English Pronunciation, Learn English Fast, Methods, Exercises to Master English, and the most, uh, the most common English mistakes and how to avoid them, Natural English Conversations, then I have four expressions courses, each one with over 60 idioms and expressions. So if you enjoyed today's lesson and you want more of that, check that out for sure. Travel English, a complete guide for English learners. Job interview English questions, answers, and tips. Now, this is the Udemy Black Friday sale. So if you're grabbing any courses from any teacher on Udemy, this is the time to do it. Udemy's Black Friday sale is their biggest sale of the year. That's when they discount everything basically at the full discount. All I would ask is this. If you're going to pick up any of my courses, put in the coupon code L-U-K-E Friday. 
The reason for that is that if you do that, you might get a slightly lower price and it gives me credit for it, right? So it says to Udemy, hey, this person came through Luke instead of just through Udemy. Um, so please do, if you're going to add that to cart, that you make sure to use L-U-K-E-F-R-I-D-A-Y. Luke Friday, all capital letters, very important. Those are all in the links in the description. If you just right click, click open in new window on those or open in new tab, you can do that. Um, that's Francis's course. You can check out his too, of course. But let's say, let's say for example, you wanted to check out, okay, so let's say for example, you want to say, okay, what's the, what's going on here? This, oh, wow, this is, this is, uh, I want to learn grammar or I want to learn about emails. Let's say I want to learn Luke's most popular course or one of Luke's most popular courses. 21,000 students, 4,438 reviews. All right, but you're not sure. Well, first of all, what you want to do is make sure you go to apply coupon if you're not using the links in the description and you put in L U K E P R I P. Uh, no, not Luke Pretty. Luke F R I D A Y. I almost wrote my name down. What's wrong with me? Uh, apply and then applied. Look, you got $1 more off and I get credit for that because you put that in. Okay, great. But maybe you're still not sure, so you want to read the reviews. Well, okay. You read the reviews. Awesome. And you look at the course content. You say, okay, what does this course have? Wow, look at all of the stuff included in this course, practice exercises, uh, all the lessons, PDF downloads, a bunch of stuff. So cool. And then you still say, well, I'm still not sure. So maybe I want to preview the course. Okay, well, you maybe click on the preview the course. You watch my, my dumb younger self. Oh, what the heck? Okay, the audio is being a little weird on my recording. And, but then you can also preview the lessons. So you can click on the first few lessons and you can watch the first few lessons if you're not sure. And you can do that for free, right? So you can watch one, two, three, four, the first four lessons. And that's true for all the courses. So check out the first few lessons. And if you buy, you can get a refund later if you're not happy about it. So it's really, you know, very low, uh, low commitment. And it's a great, a great deal. It's different prices in different countries, depending on where you are. All right. So enough about that. Again, this is the time to grab those. Click on the links in the descriptions there. If you want, thank you so much for joining. Glad to have you all here. Thanks for the, excuse me. Thanks for the great examples. <laughs> thanks for the great examples today. I appreciate all of them. They're all fantastic. I think it's kind of fun to learn together. I hope there will be more brave souls uh, next time in the Discord who would like to speak their examples. But it is what it is. Um, and uh, it's great to have you all here. Hopefully see you tomorrow and hopefully see you next week. And hope you have a fantastic weekend. I'm going to um, well, do some work and then I'm going to get some dinner. And then I'm going to watch Wakanda, Wakanda Forever tonight because that movie came out last weekend. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. Wakanda forever. Thanks, everybody. Have a fantastic weekend. Stay safe. Have fun and take care.